It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell. I'm Brian Rowley. And I'm Barry Ross. And this is The Big Rethink. Today, we have a very special episode for you. We have all of the hosts of The Big Rethink together for the very first time. My good pals, Barry, Brian, we're all here to um, try something new, to rethink the rule book. So in this episode, we're going to look back on our favorite topics and chat about what we learned and shared in 2022. To start, let's remind ourselves about what the big rethink is and why we're here and why we share our viewpoints and our opinions and our guests with all of you. Our podcast is intended to entice you, our listeners, to rethink a particular topic, to rethink how we do things, how we approach certain subject areas and ways of life. We bring some of the best minds and insights on how technology and creativity shapes how we approach our work today. You ready to get started? Let's kick it off with some reflections. Brian, Barry, what have you learned or been surprised by with your experience as a host or in a particular discussion this year? Barry, how about we start with you? Well, I appreciate, Susan, that I'm first. Uh, so uh, they always say <laughs> the best goes first amongst um, the talent. So I appreciate that. Or they also say age before beauty, but okay. <laughs> I don't know who selected the, made the selection on who goes first, but Barry, we will start with you. Okay. I, I appreciate that team. Um, I, you know, I think it comes down to one thing, Susan, for me uh, in all our guests and my guests uh, it's really about how each one of them uh, use their drive, their passion, their education, and to a certain degree, you know, what they knew about technology to solve a challenge or a problem either in their personal life or, you know, their business world. And, you know, also, you know, what I learned from them uh, with each individual podcast and interview. So that's like kind of the quick answer. Uh, you know, I'd be curious to know, you know, what, what you know, Brian you know, what your thoughts on that? Oh, no, Barry, I'm asking the questions here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Trying to get some brownie points? Yeah, here we go. No, no, I just, I, I want to, I want to, um, to use the phrase I hate, unpack that answer a little bit. Because I, I want to know more about, like, what do you like about it, about podcasting, about hosting the podcast? What's your favorite thing about being the host? Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a, a good question. And I, you know, for me, you know, I try and come at it from a product solutions perspective. You know, my background uh, is in product, product development. And anytime I can learn something new about, you know, how something works, whether it's, you know, a, a rugged laptop or AI, you know, I'll jump at the chance. Because, you know, you know, my, my, my background, I always think as a product specialist, I know everything, and that just hasn't been the case. So each time, you know, I've sat down with some of our guests, you know, I've had to kind of immerse myself in something that I don't know about, even though I think I do. Interesting. So <laughs> you talked about um, that you're learning from your guests. So what... Um, What's your process for preparing for an episode? Well, uh, it usually starts with, you know, getting uh, a little bit of information or in some cases, a lot of information about the, the guest. You know, 
And that usually comes from either a LinkedIn profile or maybe they wrote, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, some product specs. So there's some research involved in trying to understand who these people are and what they do. But, you know, maybe it's looking at, you know, uh, you know, where they work and what the culture of that company. So it's really, for me, it involves doing some background, you know, uh, some understanding on who this person is and what drives them, particularly what, you know, their, their passion is, what drives their creativity. Yeah. Interesting. Brian, what about you? Yeah, Susan, I was just going to say, I think that's interesting in the, in the sense that, you know, we came into this, none of us had experience as it related to podcasting when we first started this. And, you know, it's really about conversations, opening up the window to have good conversation. And I think one of the things that I've found is, you know, in order to have those good conversations, there's a level of, of effort that's required from us as hosts, as well as, you know, expectations around what we're trying to accomplish on the show um, with our guests. And, and I think, you know, the team has done a really great job of of really the research aspect of it to make sure that the information that we are talking about and the conversations and the topics that we're exploring are ones that truly do play an important role in having people rethink sort of the topics that are, you know, deemed as important in the space that we're in. So I would say, you know, the preparation side to it, I think is key. I think we'll all agree. It's a lot more work than we thought, you know, for those that are out there that sort of just decide, Oh, I'm going to, do a podcast there's there's a lot more to it than just that but i think we've talked to some amazing people I mean, truly, truly amazing people in this process. And to Barry's point, I know myself, um, you know, I've learned a ton uh, from those conversations on topics that that I never, you know, dreamed that I would be having conversations about. So for me, I think that was really, really cool. But Susan, you're not off the hook here. Hold on a second. So how about you? Like uh, you you, you put it to Barry and I. What about yourself? So I, I have learned a ton about podcasting. Um, I love to listen to podcasts and now I have such an appreciation for what the, the folks that I listen to go through in their preparation and how well they lead a conversation. But also I, I think just in, in looking at the whole body of work for the podcast, the thing that I am struck by is the, the passion and creativity and enthusiasm that comes through from the different guests that we have. I would say they're so different. But they all have that spark about um, this passion that drives them in whatever it is they're doing. And um, if nothing else, that's kind of what I've taken away from um, from hosting is just to 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 try to keep myself inspired in like my other day job of regular work outside of just, you know, recording the podcast. But that to me is just so rewarding to have those conversations and exposure to people like that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really, really good point. I, I completely agree. So, you know, it's a, we're wrapping up the year. Everybody does like their top 10 lists and, um, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that fun stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what do we want to do differently, do better, rethink for the new year, if you will, or what topics might we want to explore for 2023? That's a jump ball. So either of you can. Yeah, Brian, yeah, why don't I, you I take think that. 
<laughs> Jeez, thanks, Farrah. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, some of the topics are, you know, that I would love. I mean, I still think that, you know, we've done topics on AI. I think that's an area that continues. Um, I think the expectations around customer experience, whether that's in immersive or if that's in, you know, enterprise space or even, you know, relating back to our public sector space, I, I think just really understanding and, and really continuing to portray some of the importance behind um, some of the key topics that are happening in those spaces are really interesting. I also think the ones that sort of jump out, not necessarily as the obvious, are also a really interesting one. You know, I know each of you have done um, sort of uh, some, some, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point this morning, but um, I know each of you have had sort of the conversations around things that really surprised you in, in over the course of the year. And I think, you know, for us, I would love for us to continue to surprise ourselves right as as the three hosts of this to figure out what are those things that you know are unexpected in this process that we think people would get value mm -hmm. from because we have a lot of opportunity there in my opinion for sure and i think one of my um favorite threads that I'd like to continue to explore in 2023 is the notion of reskilling and or reinventing yourself, um, whether that's in your career or just in your life. And, you know, we've talked to a, a couple of the folks that, you know, from my favorite episodes, two of them, one was the personal coach who, who talked about, you know, inventing yourself and, and developing your leadership skills, but also, um, with the, uh, reskilling initiative that, um, was one of my favorite episodes where, you know, you might be in security, like you worked as a security guard, but now you want to go into cybersecurity and how to make that change in your life. So, um, I'd like to continue to, to explore topics like that next year. Yeah. And I think too, Susan, interesting on that concept is, you know, as you know, right, we did our internal podcast as well. John Palumbo from Big Heads Network was a big, big influence on us sort of kicking this off and getting ourselves together. But the whole cross-pollination and to your point, how do we learn from things that we wouldn't expect to learn from and how do things that potentially impact us? and our personal lives translate into the business world and how can we leverage that and really take advantage of it? Some, your, you know, your cybersecurity versus a security officer somewhat plays into that concept, right, in terms of what we're doing. But I think those are interesting conversations to learn from the unexpected places um, because yes. I think that creates a level of awareness for all of us to, to look at, you know, our everyday interactions with the belief that we truly can learn from everything and every person that we come in contact. I just think that's a really interesting dynamic and concept. Yeah. So, all right, Brian, so you're on a roll. So let's, uh, let's continue down, um, <laughs> with you at this point in terms of let's, we're going to each share three of our favorite episodes. Okay. So, um, what stands out in, in terms of favorite episodes from, for the year for you? 
So it's interesting as we were sort of prepping for this and thinking, and I, and I kind of went back and listened to some of the episodes that we have done. And I, I will tell you, one of my favorites uh, was a conversation that I had with John Ebert from John Deere. And we were specifically talking um, about guiding farmers uh, into sort of this new era of high-tech agriculture. And the thing that was so fascinating to me about this was, you know, the levels of uh, detail and focus and and the thought that John Deere actually is portraying themselves as a technology company. Um, you know, we think of them as the big green tractors and, you know, you know, we get it that they belong on a farm. But when you start to talk about autonomous vehicles and the importance of planting seeds and, you know, how a farmer himself could probably plant, you know, five rows versus the time that um, an automated system could plant, you know, a hundred rows. I mean, it just, it was just amazing to me. But the most, the most interesting thing about that particular episode was the way that it ended. John ended the conversation with us and he said, we're 185 years old as a business and we're just getting started. And for me, that sort of just was like, just knocked it out of the park, you know, because, you know, many times we get comfortable in the longevity of a brand or a business and to be 185 years old working, still reinventing yourself and to be able to make the claims that, you know, the purpose and mission of your organization is to feed the world. Um, it's just, it just, to me was really, really powerful. I, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. But then they're centered on what's important, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the impacts, right? The impacts of the life of a farmer. And it's no different than, you know, any type of change, right? When you start to introduce technology into the business world or you start to introduce it into agriculture, there's an element of change that comes with it. Some are reluctant to change. Some are not. Some are more than willing to embrace it. But it's just it's interesting to see companies like that take that stand. And, And again, it was just that was an amazing, amazing episode for me. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, that was a good one for sure. Yeah. And then switching a little bit, right? So we went, I went from there um, to conversations around high achievers, right? So we talked to Dr. Ruth Godian, um, who actually um, is a professor at Well Cornell Medicine, um, and she teaches um, in that uh, university. And, and the interesting part to this was, you know, there's an element of high achievers and that high achievers all have some very similar qualities in terms of, of what they do and, and how they approach scenarios. And she actually, when she was on our show, we had been talking for a period of time um, prior to this um, on our internal podcast, and she was in the process of writing a book, The Success Factor. And it's all about the conversation she's had. She's had conversations with Olympic athletes, astronauts, Nobel Peace Prizes, prize winners, I mean, the whole thing. But one of the things that she left with me, which was really an interesting one, was she had said that your goal as an individual and the work that you do is to make sure that you do something important, not just interesting. And I found that to be really, really cool. And the reason why she she went on to sort of tell that a little bit further, because she had said important will make an impact. Interesting is just a hobby. And for me, uh, if you think about that, 
I mean, it really does break it down. It's really simplistic, right? In terms of yeah. what that is. And, 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 and you can relate to that. And I like how when we have these conversations, we sort of get beyond the just the platitude of the statements and really get into, well, what do you mean by that? And for me, that's been just one of the fun things about I've learned to ask better questions and, um, and, and the guests have helped me get there because they're so generous with exploring deeper into what it is that they want to share. Yeah. And, and, and we've talked about this, Susan, many times, right? Be curious, ask those questions yeah. because when you ask those questions and even though they may be obvious, sometimes the response that you get from them is just really really kind of amazing. And then I would say my final one, which was somewhat unexpected, but um, I was... I like how you're just interviewing yourself. You don't... Even... <laughs> I'm like, I was just about to say, and you have one more. Oh, but no, go right no, ahead, let, Brian. Let me take this, Susan. Um, so my last one was really interesting, and it was someone from um, the media world who I actually met at a CODA summit in uh, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. uh, uh, woman by the name of Alicia Henley. And she's really uh, fascinating because uh, we started talking to her about the impacts um, and the role that technology plays in experiential storytelling. And so it was all for her about the focus of telling the story. And I can remember we were standing on a balcony um, looking at some projection mapping that we were doing on a building in Fort Lauderdale. And she said, you know, everybody was focused around the, the hardware itself. And yes, it's important. But she said, I don't really care about that. And she pointed down to what was being projected. She says, I care about that because that's impact. That's, that's the impression that you're trying to make. And that's the story that you're trying to tell. And her whole focus is around storytelling. And she's been an incredible friend to us as a business. But not only that, she's just done such an amazing, amazing job um, of sort of educating us on the importance around getting to the real impact of, of telling a story. That's cool. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. All right, Barry. So finally. We're, you know, it's, I think, I know, right? Just finally. So impatiently. Thanks for your patience, Barry. We really appreciate um, it. So, Barry, you're in New York City. Brian, you're in Boston. I'm in New Jersey. Um, who's got the sirens going on in their backyard? Is it Boston or New it's York? It's Barry. It's Barry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now it's your turn. So um, okay. we'll continue to listen I, to the yeah. to the so- sights and sounds of uh, N- NYC. So lovely, lovely us, New York. Talk us through your your favorite episodes, Barry. Yeah, sure. No worries. And you know, I, it, there's a lot of similarities. I think in you know the guests that I had, um, you know, two of which I think the the common thread is the people's education and their background and their passion the last one which I'll talk about had a lot to do with pushing at least for me outside my comfort zone just because I am not an emotional person at all and in talking to this one guest I was getting like a little you know verklempt and of course I had to <laughs> dampen it I had to dampen the conversation I had to put my dead eyes on and be like I'm a professional but I think my my first my number one choice uh, was a podcast I did with Dr. Merritt Moore, and it had to do how she had this passion for using her background in dance and science to kind of pursue, you know, her her career. And you know, 
this whole segment was about this unicorn story where, you know, Merritt is literally a quantum physicist. Uh, she's also a globally known professional ballerina. This is probably my favorite favorite combination of, <laughs> of topics, quantum physics and ballet. <laughs> and I love that Barry's the one who did this interview, Susan. Like, this is the one that, that, that is the most amazing to me. Sorry, it is the most amazing thing I ever did in my entire life. But if is I can get back. Is this the one, Barry? <laughs> no, it's not. The Fuklempt one uh, okay. is later. Uh, this one, I was just gobsmacked. I was just in awe because if... Any of our listeners are ever lucky enough to be invited to Merritt's, uh, you know, LinkedIn feed, Dr. Moore's LinkedIn feed. You actually see her using AI, using robotics to choreograph her dance. And I, you know, I've never seen anything like it. As a matter of fact, when I first saw her first video clips, I'm like, okay. There's this ballerina. She's dancing with this mechanical dog. She's dancing with this, you know, robotics arm that's normally used to lift 500 pound packages onto a conveyor belt. And I was just like, I wasn't that's sure. Very cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But to, you know, the trend there was, if there was a trend, you know, people use like AI and machine learning every day, but not in you know dance. And ultimately, what the segment taught me was, you know. You can be both creative and pursue, you know, a degree in science and be good at math and be good at STEM, right? The two aren't mutually exclusive. So I just really appreciated that. And she's very grounded and she taught me a lot. And uh, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I am cool. Is to, that, to is that it, what you're saying or no? I'm sorry. No, uh, yeah, sort of. But uh, but you know what it made me think of, Barry? The, um, the scene in Mary Poppins where Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins are dancing with the umbrellas. It's like taking that umbrella dancing, like the robotic arm dancing. It's kind of like the 21st century version of dancing with an umbrella, using all of the techniques and and uh, technology that's available today. It's I think, Susan, that's a great analogy. And because then I was having visions of, of Mary Poppins and that dan- dance segment, which is <laughs> like over, what, like 60 years yeah. ago? I don't want to date myself. Yeah. But uh, it's a really good experience, yeah. um, and I was, you know, grateful to, cool. to interview Merritt. Um, my, my, the second most favorite—I I should be ranking these—but I guess the other, another favorite uh, podcast I did uh, was uh, with a, a gentleman named uh, Charlie Carmada, and you know, Charlie was super interesting in that he was uh, a NASA researcher who then became uh, an astronaut, and uh, either. Because or after the uh, Columbia uh, shuttle disaster, he made it his mission, based on what he saw were the issues in NASA, to to make STEM learning a priority for younger kids. And he was just, you know, this astronaut, you know, really well known in his, you know, his career in NASA and as a scientist uh, that actually identified this problem as to why there is this issue, you know, during the disaster. And it's because there is these breakdowns organizationally that had to do with white people learn certain things uh, in NASA. And what he realized, you know, in trying to address these problems in NASA is that 80 percent of children uh, don't uh, pursue 
STEM related courses by the time they get to high school. And I'm a perfect example of that. And it's because they're just turned off. They have no desire. They haven't been, you know. Guilty. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say, understood. <laughs> Raising my hand. Uh, it's yeah. just because it wasn't a, a, a motivation to entice these children. So what I loved about, you know, Charlie's story is that he then went on to build this nonprofit, right, that promoted STEM learning for, you know, children, uh, you know, that's based on, you know, mentorship, you know, based on collaboration and research. And it's just, you know, a really feel good story that kind of came out of this bad situation with the, uh, the shuttle disaster. And, uh, you know, yeah. just a, a really, really super sweet guy. So, you know, another example of me learning something that I just, you know, truly enjoyed. Nice. Yeah. And so lastly, here's the, the one I got a little verklempt on, but I had to put my poker face on, just like stare at uh, 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 my okay. guest, Janet's lens. I just had to be like, all right, that's all you did. But, you know, she she <laughs> she was really special in that, you know, Janice, you know, it's like this the story is this, this mother's journey where, uh, you know, you know, her daughter you know, had hearing loss and she was having issues and trying to get the school to address these, you know, minimal needs for, you know, her child. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, based on her, you know, her background in you know law. She is uh, a lawyer and background in marketing and the advocacy that she, you know, pushed for to make sure that, Hey, there's this induction loop platform that is accessible or should be accessible to everyone in the New York transit system. She made sure that that induction loop system is available to everyone installed in, you know, almost all of the train systems in New York City in the subway system, which is great. She also, you know, passed, helped pass a law that, you know, stated that, you know, hearing aids, you know, do not require uh, uh, an examination from a doctor for someone to walk into a CVS or a Rite Aid to purchase them over the counter. And I thought that was hugely important from an advocacy standpoint. But, you know, you know, her story was she had a problem, a personal challenge with her daughter, and she made it her goal, her role in life to address it. And that's, you know, that was pretty powerful to me. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step back now from the story and just be like, well, let's talk about the requirements of this induction loop system. <laughs> and that was me trying to protect yeah. myself. But it was just, you know, a fantastic person. Oh, I'd person. have broken down in that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd have been choked up. I would say, what? Barry, that probably was my favorite episode that you did because I had the same wow. reaction to that. When Wait, you listened to Barry's I, episode? I, I do. I do. Oh, okay. oh, oh, that's the one I listened to. Um, oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I would say that the thing that was so interesting about Janice was I kind of walked away from that thinking, like, we all have these moments where we think, where we think to ourselves, you know, I wish I could do something. And then yeah. we leave it at that. And I think the thing for me about her was that she just didn't stop there. She really yeah. did everything she could to make sure that she improved the life of her child. And I just, I, it, she's a remarkable woman. And I just think that it was a big lesson for everybody that, you know, don't stop at what you think you can't do, but really get in there and figure out, like, even start at the smallest piece, you will make an impact and you will be able to change something, which is I just thought was fat yeah. and was just amazing. What's it going to take? Yeah, right? what's it going to take exactly? So I, I just because the the, um, the hearing loss is uh, is particularly 
um, subject that's particularly close to me. I grew up with a, a young lady who had hearing loss. And so um, I was always very cognizant of that. But I just heard the Lou Ferrigno story about, you know, Lou Ferrigno, the actor mm-hmm. who became the Incredible Hulk. He was picked on as a child because he couldn't hear and he talked funny. Hmm. And his escape from that was comic books. And he would live his world in comic books. And then because he was being picked on, he started to to work out and do martial arts. And that's how he then created the character, the Incredible Hulk. So, you know, it's what's it going to take, right? How do we each just deal with the situation that we're in and 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 make something of it? And, you know, it's these talented people who make something tremendous from from those situations. And uh, yeah, that that was a wonderful episode, Barry. And I was just teasing. I do listen to your episodes. I, so. I, I appreciate that, Susan. You know, for our listeners, you know, this is kind of hard for me. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I work closely with Susan, just to let you know. But Brian happens to be happens to be my boss, so I am, I'm on best behavior today. So thank you for the compliment, <laughs> Susan. You know, you're my favorite, Brian. Whatevs. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it just going back to again to the big picture. I just you know, all these guests, you know, they all have this drive that's kind of outside our day to day and what we do, right? Our second jobs. And this kind of always yanks me back to reality about what's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, but here's the good news. Now we save uh, the best for last. Uh, Susan, it is now oh, your turn. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like you're not off the hook. Uh, oh. you know, just because uh, you, 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 you raked me through the coal. So let's hear about your favorites. Uh, you know, let's, what, what, give me three that you thought were just kind of outstanding. Yeah, I, so I have had so many different, uh, I love all of them for different reasons. I would have to say one of my faves is uh, a conversation I had with Ryan Haskins, who is the director of the Sioux City Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> I My face hurt after recording that episode because I smiled so hard the whole time. Like I just found him fascinating. Very worldly guy, conducted symphonies all over the world, and then comes to Sioux City, Iowa, as he describes, a flyover city. <laughs> And just transformed the symphony orchestra there and um, wow. by using technology and also through the whole lockdown and COVID. And, and um, he just he talked about how everybody takes something different from the performance. And I thought that was such brilliant perspective because, you know, you could go with a friend or a colleague or whoever you your, your significant other and go to the symphony and you might like it for one reason, they like it for another. And just to think about it that way was just a different way to think about it. And, um, and also he talked about the best part of his job is working with great people. And, you know, people always say, Oh yeah, the guy work with great people, but he really, he really believed it. And he saw greatness in everybody he worked with. And I, I just was inspired by that. So, um, that was just such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed that one. And I, 
I want to go to Sioux City to the orchestra. Uh, I will get there one of these days because it was so fascinating, the conversation. I was like, I must go see that. Susan, I remember, um, I think it was right after you recorded that. Um, you and I, you, you actually called me and you were, you were so excited. You were like, I just had the best conversation with this guy. He, she's like, this is, this is amazing. And, and it was, I mean, I, I, I listened to it after that because you were so excited. I mean, and that's the part of this that I love so much is the impact that, I mean, these conversations are 20 minutes, 30 minutes that we have, but the impact that someone can have in 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and that's why I love this platform so much is because it gives us that opportunity to share those small moments that, again, create that level of impact. And, and, and I know that that was a really big one for you, because I, I remember that vividly, you know, having you call yeah. me and, and being so excited about that. And, and talk about impact. It's a great intro to to one of my other favorites was um, a discussion with Jessica Mitch Holmes, who founded a company called Momentum. That's the reskilling, right? So she um, helps top tech companies um, rethink their recruiting strategies. And she also does um, training for people who, if you want to get into the tech business, how to take your passion, whether it's in law enforcement or um, uh uh, finance or whatever it might be, your day job right now, and take it and reskill yourself to look at it from a technology perspective. So um, I thought that was just fascinating. She's doing a lot of great work with folks who are just starting their careers, but also folks later in their career who maybe what they have been doing is being phased out. So, um, I mean, look at the marketing profession, right? Mm. Old school marketing is has changed tremendously and it's very tech-driven marketing these days. So um, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons I liked that one so much too, was I I see a lot of um, the technology influence in my marketing role. And and then another one that just stood out for me for so many reasons was um, a conversation with Liz Eskenazi. And I feel like I always get the difficult names. <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, that was an easy one. Liz um, was a fabulous, fabulous interview. But she talked about um, adapting the workforce uh, with the Gen Z workers and uh, also just talking about leadership and um what qualities make a good leader. And I know we talked about that a little bit earlier and Brian, you even brought up curious. So probably we influenced that from this episode. That was mm-hmm. <laughs> the impact it had on you. But um, she definitely talked about uh, curiosity as being a, a key skill and your willingness to learn. And so um, one of the other things that she mentioned is about observing changes that you've made in the organization. And she refers to it as let's zoom out and take a look at what we have accomplished, where we so focused on where we want to go and what changes we want to enact. But to take stock in what has been accomplished and to zoom out and have gratitude about that. And I think that idea was what struck me so much about the conversation with her because, you know, I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's next? Let's, what else we done, move on. And taking that pause and zoom out uh, is so important. And so, um, and it has helped me just sort of take a chill pill every now and again and, uh, and celebrate, right. 
And so that's kind of, that idea reminds me or, or makes me think of this episode a little bit, right? So we're taking stock in the podcast and the things that we've done over the year and how we've grown as podcast hosts and as a podcast uh, in general and hopefully helped inspire some folks and made an impact. So those are my favorites. Well, and I think that's that that topic actually it, it really uh, hits home a little bit because I think as we start to look at this and we look at sort of what we're doing, we do spend a lot of time sort of not zooming out. And we do focus on the very small things that not that they're not influential or important, but they are sometimes trivial in the scheme of the larger accomplishments that as an organization you make or as a person you make personally or professionally. And I think sometimes it goes back to these conversations around success and, you know, how you define it is really an important element. And sometimes we focus success on the metrics and the numbers when the reality of that is when you do zoom out, you see that it's much more to that. And so I think it's a really important place for us to ground ourselves and for us to keep that perspective in play as we continue to evolve in the roles that we have, whether it's podcasting or, you know, marketing sales product, whatever you're function is within an organization, um, I do think sort of that perspective of pulling back and, and really having that opportunity to look is, is, is really important. For sure. Barry, any final thoughts from you before we wrap? Uh, just two. One, I'm going to remember that Brian said that, that we need to zoom out when we start talking about performance <laughs> for my performance <laughs> review. Right? You're going to need a wide angle lens for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i'm gonna have to like move out of the state it's gonna be so big so zoomed out but uh, it's not important about the details but you know the, just going back to i think there's two comments you said susan about your podcast one of which was you know looking for great people great things every day and what you do with a conductor and then just always being curious you know those are two things that i personally have to work at every second right and uh you know this is why i you know it's a drag and it's hard putting all this work into these podcasts but once the podcasts are done you know it forces <laughs> me to be curious it forces me to look for greatness you know with these guests and i am i'm appreciative for that so you know job well done yeah every time i'm jamming one of these into my schedule i'm like why do i do this and then i get on the <laughs> i get on with somebody i'm like oh i love this i got to book another one <laughs> So true. It's one of my favorite things that we do, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for the look back and for sharing your uh, experiences as fellow podcast hosts. This was fun. Um, If you want to hear full episodes, uh, they're all available on our website, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you'd enjoyed this conversation today, you can help us grow by visiting our feed on Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell. I'm Brian Rowley. And I'm Barry Ross. And that was another episode of The Big Rethink.
A quick note from our sponsor, Intel. Intel vPro continues to raise the bar with enterprise-grade performance, security, manageability, and reliability features for enterprise and managed business of all sizes. It's simple. Intel vPro is built for all businesses.